The information contained in this podcast is provided for your general information only. It does not give medical advice or engage in the practice of medicine. This massage podcast under no circumstances recommends particular treatment for specific individuals and in all cases recommends that you consult your physician or local treatment center before pursuing any course of treatment. Good morning and welcome to the Massage Podcast, Episode 2. Today is November 1st, 2010, and it is a beautiful day in Boulder, Colorado. We're here today. Uh, Last week, we talked about frozen shoulders. We're pumped to be here today because we're going to be talking about some of the challenges of being a massage therapist. We um, have a lot to talk about, actually. So uh, first, you know, I'd like to kind of mention... For all of us to think about why we even became massage therapists, I know for myself, I was working an office job and I thought I was going to die at my desk and I actually went into massage therapy thinking it would be a means to another end. I had no idea that eight years later I'd still be doing massage and I'm amazed every time, every day I'm learning something new. Um, I made it past the burnout stage and actually looking over some of the challenges and thinking about this week's show, I've decided to quit the massage therapy business, so we'll see you guys later. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard, but no, it's not really. We're, we're here, and hopefully we're all going to have some solutions for you, and maybe there's something out there that resonates with you. Uh, give us a call, or you can find us at our website, massagepodcast.com, or we, can, we have a live chat feed going on on the website there. Um, I'm your host, Don Adkins, along here with Elaine Kalenda, over 30 years of massage therapy experience. We're lucky to have her here and our, and our producer, Jorge Cisneros. Let's talk uh, first about, um, okay, you've graduated, you're out there, you're pumped, ready to go, you're going to have a successful business, and you've got your office, and the people are just going to come, isn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if it just worked out that way? Oh, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, it doesn't. So let's talk about getting those clients. What are some ideas and ways? How do you build that practice? Elaine, how did you start off? Oh, well, good morning, everyone. Uh, I started off working on my friends in in my basement in Queens when we were doing, when we were working out lifting weights. And it gave me the idea that uh, because they produced such great results, and this was with no training yet. I was 16 or 17 years old. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I said to my dad, uh, I'd like to go to massage school. I thought he was going to die. He, he just didn't understand what it was. But he agreed, and then uh, at uh, 18, at 19 years old, I graduated. This was New York City in, the, in 1979, and uh, I had... You know what do did what a lot of people do is kind of hobo around looking for odd jobs here and there, and I and I got work at uh, health clubs in Manhattan and Queens, and then I I went to Puerto Rico because I had to wait nine months to take my New York State exam. I went to Puerto Rico and got a job in a few health clubs there, and it was you know ice cold sitting in a white uniform waiting for clients. It was very slow that first year. It was it was uh, not easy. 
Uh, there were no marketing tools. There was no websites. So there were no, you know, this is a word of mouth business. Even with all the technology we have at our available, uh, that's available now, it's still a word of mouth. You know, personal recommendations work best. So, but I, I came back to New York and I landed a good job with an osteopath, and that kept me very busy. Plus, I was teaching at the Swedish Institute in my second year of practice. Uh, had my little massage class in the evenings. So working with an osteopath all day, uh, teaching at night, and uh, 31 years later, I have never not been busy. It's just that, but it's a word of mouth. It's you have to build your reputation. I think the reputation in our business is everything, especially here in Colorado. Um, what is what are the statistics in Boulder? Massage? You can throw a rock and hit a massage therapist. <laughs> I mean, something like that. Um, and for those of you who don't live in Colorado, do not move here. We have plenty of therapists. Thank you. So, you know, I, I have to disagree. I'm, I, I, you know, it, there's just, how, what's the population here? You know, um, that's sort of a, you know, when people graduate from Boulder College of Massage Therapy, they do, they say, Elaine, if I stay in town, am I going to have any chance of building a practice? This is Boulder, Colorado. This is in the surrounding area, Denver, there are so many people, and it's as if it's just an unbi- uh, un- a fear with no basis. Um, are we going to run out of people who are in pain? Are we going to run out? Are there too many? Are there not enough massage therapists to handle all the pain? All the athletes that come here from around the world, uh, there's no shortage of of people. So uh, you know, the, of course you're going to get that sense, but. Uh, you know, it might cross your mind. But again, if you're a good massage therapist, you will get work. That's true. I, that's true. I've, um, you know, I've noticed too with the many of the people who are successful, I think they have definitely found a niche. They've, you know, pick a group of people that you want to be an expert in. Uh, say it be athletes, cancer patients, people with tension headaches, fibromyalgia, Pick a group of people and really hone in on them. And in, and it's amazing. Once you, you, like she said, word of mouth, once you find that person, oh, you got to go to Dawn. She helped me with my headache. And so I feel so much better and so on. Um, but it is definitely important to, of course, you're going to take other people other than what you focus on. But I think it's important to have a definitely a, a solid focus on a group of people. And then you you know you get you're in a network. Suddenly you know that person will tell another person, and on and on it goes. And before you know it, you have almost too many clients. So I really feel like uh, if you put yourself out there, <clears throat> you know if you build it, they will come. So and it seems to me that every time I've taken a continuing education class or I hear this from other people who take my classes, you know, they go out and they call me a week later and say that week that after our sciatica class, I had three patients call me with sciatica, you know. So I think it's also about just being ready and then people will come to you. I, I, that's just a phenomenon that's been going on for a long time. Uh, You also mentioned a very important point too, is to um, eliminate those fearful questions. Are there going to be enough people? <laughs> are we, yeah, we going to run out of people? There's too many therapists or whatever. It, uh, you definitely have to clear your mind of those fears and 
stay positive. Stay, stay positive is yeah. what I want to say. And definitely clear your mind of those fears and always try to keep your thoughts on the ones that make you feel good. I can be successful. You know, affirmations are fun, but they don't work if you're not feeling it in the core. Sure. You've got to believe it down to your bones. And it's like saying there are too many doctors. You know, right now uh, the trend is uh, looking like there'll be more people in the hospital going to hospital for hospital care in the next few years than ever before. A hospital work I'll talk about a little bit later is one of the uh, booming parts of our industry right now, and many people are are working in hospitals doing massage therapy than ever before. And that trend is just going to continue as the baby boomers need hospital care. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's your focus group. Okay. We got <laughs> boomers everywhere. <laughs> we do. And they love massage. And the the baby boom uh, folks have been the ones that have really brought massage therapy into the mainstream because they're the biggest utilizers. And they also seem to be a successful bunch of people. That's right. They were a driven group. <laughs> Especially in the 80s. Yeah. Okay, so we have we do have some problems. Burnout is one of the problems that takes people out of our profession in the first three to five years. It's probably uh, the biggest reason why people will uh, leave the profession or go very, very part-time. Uh, both physical and emotional burnout is... Um, is a fact of life, isn't it, Don? Yes, I agree. I've been on the brink myself. I was too in the first three years. I don't know how I stayed in. I think it had to do with this, my mentor who used to uh, grab my hands after sessions and work on my forearms and, and have me dunk my forearms in ice mm. uh, water and then go back and do the next one, the next one. And it, it, it was because I wasn't relaxed enough. I didn't know about relaxed weight. Back then, they didn't uh, focus a lot on body mechanics in massage school. So I had to sort of learn it the hard way, sort of by mistake almost. But relaxed weight is is everything. And, and then, of course, uh, the, the strength will come. But you must not uh, forfeit flexibility in order to gain strength. Have you noticed that? If your fingers are not flexible, it actually makes doing massage more difficult and you get more inflammation. So, you know, you have to go with the with the person's body and blend in, almost mix your molecules with theirs and not make it a struggle. What do you think, Jorge? Uh, one question for you. What, what do you think is the most common mistake when we jump into this career? It's like we are overworking, might cause this type of injuries or you know, just we feel sore all the time. And I mean, I, I understand that period of, of time where we have to obviously learn how to use our bodies, but I don't know if sometimes we are just overdoing it and if you would have any recommendations for anybody who's just fresh out of school, what would be the right way to avoid these type of situations? Okay, well, I see that um, all the time in the student clinic. You know, watching students go from very, very beginners to when they're seniors, and you start to, you can pick out the massage therapist student who's going to do well just by the fact that they, they have good um, communication skills. And then when you walk in the room and observe their work, it's relaxed work. Mm -hmm. They're not forcing and trying to do so many techniques in one session. And But it, it takes a while, as you say, to learn how to relax. I, I leave the clinic room a lot of times going, okay, I want to leave this room with two people relaxing. Mm -hmm. And I look at the therapist and I say, that means you too. And they take a deep breath and they swallow. 
and they realize they have not been checked. They've been checking in with a client a lot, but not with themselves. And that's something ongoing that you have to check in with yourself every few seconds, you know, and make sure that you're as relaxed as you can be. So relaxation is for both persons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something I find myself forgetting uh, a lot. You know, it, it also, um, and that, you know, they, they beat it into our heads in school, self-care, self-care, self-care. Um, that it's very important for you to figure out what that means. I, um, I know I tend to find that I, I feel a lot better with uh, the energetic type of exercises, say yoga or Tai Chi or Qigong or something, or any type of meditative work that brings me that focus back to my body and my spirit and, you know, and staying focused in a massage without flying away or, because um, if I fly away, then I forget about myself. I forget about the client and um, forget about everything. Everything, things get all mucked up, and I walk out there feeling strange or tired or or whatever. So that that self care is important. Eating right, sleeping, um, not working after a night of partying, which uh, is a killer. Some of the younger <laughs> younger folks, I did that actually, and that's how I learned how to use relaxed weight. It was almost by accident. Like I said, you know. I was 22. I was partying in New York in the 80s, you know. I'd get to work some mornings, <laughs> and the receptionist would be trying to be reviving me to go work with my clients. How how appropriate is that, of course? Um, uh, but I would get in there, and I would just uh, kind of fall down on the person. And it's actually how, I, you know, the clients would say that day, that was the best massage you ever gave me, Lane. I don't know what you're doing, but it, you're getting better all the time. And then I suddenly realized I wasn't even there. So a certain part of our work is mediumship, thank goodness. Something's yeah. coming through to do the work. But it was also because I used relaxed weight because I was exhausted. So I don't know if that's going to help anyone visualize how to... <laughs> I know, that's a that's a strange um, phenomenon I found because there have been... I asked, uh, when I first started, I, I got a job. I quit my job. I got a job at a little place in Lakewood. And um, some clients I find can be very challenging. Uh, mentally, physically, their needs, and just really asking a lot. At least that's what it feels like at the time. Um, and I, in my brain, I'm like, oh, I hope I never see this person again. Right. And I asked my boss, I said, and they come out going, that was the best massage I've ever had. And in my mind, I can't stand them. And she said, that's because essentially our spirit is good. Our our true self is good. And you know, us ego aside, you know, we still are, we are still wanting to help people. And, um, you know, we get into mind challenges with people. And I find that challenging sometimes too. People come in and they're, they have these ideas and they're telling me what to do or whatever, you know, and it's just, you know, working out that personality conflict, which happens with clients sometimes. But yeah, for some reason, those people come out just like, wow. And of course they come back. (laughs) <laughs> yes. again and again and you know when it works out but initially I don't know how that happens sometimes yes and some people are just you know very needy mm-hmm. they don't even know they're needy but I think we're all needy yeah. of nutritional touch and uh, we just don't many people don't get enough of it growing up so of course you know massage is no longer a luxury enjoyed only by the rich it is a necessity and we're finding in our in our world that it has become so technological that we need that human touch. Probably now more than ever. More than ever. 
I agree. Uh, so people don't know when they're uh, in your care how not to try and draw everything you've got, you know, out of you. So that's another tool, though, is se- that separation, that boundary is very important. And it, it's all up to you because that session is yours just as much it is as it is theirs. And you also, do you ever go into a session, you feel like terrible, headache, you feel terrible, and then about yeah. halfway through, you start to feel better. And in fact, for the mm-hmm. rest of the day, it just changes, it just starts your day over in a better way. That's because you're receiving some of that healing energy as well. It's not just aimed at the at the client. So if you uh, have a client that you're not particularly fond of for whatever reason, um, you know, you have tools available to you to not only get through the session, but really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, but at the same time, you know, definitely we all can experience that very difficult client that you really would not like to continue working with them. And in my case, I found those clients, especially when they become problematic, like not, you know, not even bothering to cancel their session on time mm-hmm. and doing it over and over. And after a while, you're losing money because of these people. So sometimes I believe, I believe the nice thing of about when you have your own practice is that you can tell somebody, you know, and I'm going to work, continue working with you. And this is the reason why. I have told that to a couple of clients who, you know, they've done that to me. Finally, you're trying to help them, as you say. But this is why we are doing this. We're trying to help people. But when people do not respect those boundaries, you know, seeing you, uh, finally, we all work by appointment. So when you have a couple of cancellations a day, it could be a, a big hit for you. Right. And, and worse, if they don't even bother calling you ahead of time saying, I have a situation, I'm not going to be able to make it. Right. So I can see sometimes uh, you have to, in, in my experience, you struggle at the beginning. You would like to please everybody, but it gets to a point where you have to really set some limits for some clients. And if they become problematic, you have to tell them, you know, <laughs> you, you, you better look for another therapist. That's right. You're the boss. That's one of the best things about private practices. You're the boss. Um, we also have um, the... This is what happens also when you're in practice for a while, you can tend to get stuck in a rut and keep doing the same routine. So this is where I found that there's nothing better than continuing education, taking classes with people, um, uh, because it, it really makes you fall in love with the massage therapy profession again, as well as, and this is probably even more important, uh, Finding a good person to do exchanges with. You don't have to pay for massage. Of course, you can. If you find somebody who you just love their work, of course. But I found that when I have a good massage buddy, I fall in love with massage over and over again. It keeps me from getting burned out. And when I'm on the edge, you know, thinking I never want to do this ever again, because it does happen. It crosses (laughs) your mind. (laughs) And you say, um, get a massage, get some shiatsu, get a body work, go to a spa, Treat yourself to that, and then you'll, you're totally recovered. You're good to go. Yeah, I agree. The, you know, m- massage school, I was definitely not prepared for what, mas- what I was in for, for massage school. And it was a huge growth experience. I definitely learned a lot about myself. We all did, and each other, and people in general. And um, I can't tell you how magical the classes are beyond school, the, the continuing education I've taken where 
we're see more seasoned. Um, we go the depth that we can go into as far as body work. It's amazing to me how much there is to know about even further into ourselves, even further into hum- the human race and further into the type of body work that you can learn. And it has always been magical. And I definitely always come out pumped. So save your pennies and take those CEUs for sure. It's true. And the more you learn about the human condition, you know, it's all about that. It's Mm -hmm. all about the people. It's about the people. Um, The other thing that was limiting to me as a practitioner, especially early on, was my limited business knowledge of business in general. I had no skills whatsoever um, (laughs) and how to run a business. In fact, I'm still learning, you know. Every day, how to, about money, about basic things, money, how to uh, manage your business, taxes, Ugh. and the tax benefits that were available to me that I never used because I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing. There are some great business classes uh, out there as well, and there's some uh, very good resources, both uh, an AMTA's website and ABMP's website. There's a lot of tools for students and a lot, and as well as you know seasoned practitioners. And why do you think we struggle so much with marketing? Obviously, many of us we don't have that background. And last week, uh, Don was saying that I struggle with marketing myself. But uh, the irony that I see sometimes with some people is we can market everybody else. You know, I can talk good about you and Don, but I have I struggle. To market myself so why is that why we can promote other people's services or products but we do have a problem promoting our own right uh, well think of it this way back and it still happens if you advertise as a massage therapist especially well men and women both until we clean up those yellow pages and clean you know you're gonna get I, I can't tell you how many students, uh, graduates have called me crying. I put my number in the yellow pages and massage therapy and what I thought was a very legitimate ad. And I'm getting dozens of calls every day that are not the kinds of calls I want to get mm. from strange people who want something other than massage therapy. And even worse, sometimes you don't even put your, your phone number into the yellow pages. They just take it and publish it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I never published myself you know, by my own will to put my number there, but they just take it. Wow. And for sure, okay. you're going to get those calls, unfortunately. Yeah. So, you know, to that's why a lot of people just kind of went underground and waited for personal referrals because there was a safety issue. And uh, hopefully that's changing. I don't hear it as much, which is why I'm hoping that that's changing a bit as we become more mainstream. But yeah, I've you still get you still yeah. get those calls for sure. Yeah. You know, like in my, in my business, I don't use my own name, so it's a very broad name out there. And yes, I mean, I I can smell these people when they're <laughs> calling me, I, and I know what they're looking for, and it's yeah. it's quite annoying. You know, when we were thinking about this program last week, this is one of the challenges because it gets to the point where it's just I don't know taking so much energy and, and your time just to deal with these people. So normally the way I deal today is immediately I tell them I'm the therapist and I will see you. And so they immediately would say, well, I think I'll call you back. And uh, they never will. <laughs> but um, it, it drains your energy. You know, yes. after a while, uh, it, it gets tired. And it, unfortunately, it's still happening. But I, I hope with regulation, things will change. I hope. Yeah, they, they will. And they are. And, um, well, there, there's so... Uh, so marketing, and still here we're, we're stumped, you know, and how to direct people, uh, but I'm sure that 
there there are a lot of tools. You just have to get out there and find them. And then you have to pick those that are, feel right for you. Now, if you're working at a, uh, this is why this is happening, I think, more. More and more people are working in groups and networking and starting their own clinics because there you have more of a buffer and more of a legitimate face to the outside world mm-hmm. uh, right off the bat. The physical problems that uh, we were talking about a moment ago, carpal tunnel syndromes, very, um, or, or some uh, thoracic outlet syndromes are very common, and they start happening right in massage school and during your training. There's a lot of students that, um, that need advice and uh, treatment for their own bodies so that they get rid of uh, the inflammatory process that can occur by what was ta- I was mentioning before, that forcing, forcing. Uh, way of doing this non-force modality. Uh, So things like, you know, stretching, Don was saying stretching, also strengthening and the right kind of strengthening. It's sort of a gentle strengthening so that you don't build up too much bulk because that can actually put more pressure on Mm. the nerves. Uh, But strengthening the hands, I know that for me it was, uh, again, by accident, I could no longer flex or extend my wrist and so I started having to work more with my fingertips and with my thumb splinted against my index finger because everything hurt so much. But the, uh, doing that, about three weeks later, I noticed that I had, my pain had gone away. So I realized that I had been doing too much with my wrist and extension mm-hmm. and that as I built up the muscles in my hands and, and stretched my flexors and extensors and balanced those, that I was able to do massage pain-free. But that, again, was about my third year of practice. And this is why so many people uh, quit by year three. Mm-hmm. It's too painful. So, again, I was glad to get past those times as well. Um, hydration. In Colorado, you know, they're always saying you have to drink a lot of water. Water, fruit juice, uh, these kinds of things that uh, keep you hydrated. I think that's a big part of keeping your inflammation under control. People, you know, say, drink more water, I'm going to get more full of water. Yeah, exactly. But you have to have good nutrition and um, and equal your strength training with your stretch routine. Because if you stretch too much, you're actually going to get hypermobility, which is going to put a lot of pressure on the nerves, uh, on the wrist. And uh, But the emotional, the, the sometimes we can get bored. Again, if that's probably a lot of it is due to doing the same routine. As soon as you learn new routines, new techniques, you get re-energized with that. But you got to remember that we're working a lot of times with illness, whether that's stress, uh, which everyone comes in with. I don't care if they're healthy or not; they're coming in with some kind of stress. The mm-hmm. athlete experiences stress just as as mm-hmm. much as the person with multiple sclerosis. But we're working with people who are many times, uh, oftentimes, ill. And you have to be prepared to a certain extent. You have to be prepared to work with that kind of, a potential kind of sad day with people coming in one after the other saying, oh, I feel so bad, I feel so bad. You know, like a nurse or doctor, physical therapist, any healthcare worker that we are part of the healthcare profession, the healthcare arena. Mm -hmm. And so... uh, I think a lot of therapists graduate, they think, I'm just going to work with athletes. Well, here's the news. Your athletes can get sick too. Look at Lance Armstrong. Are you going to throw him out because he got cancer and he's no longer this, you know, healthy athlete that comes in, whoop de doo mm-hmm. So, um, op- you know, being uh, receptive to that is also uh, 
a tool so that you have to to be strong with that so that you don't get burned out by just being around people who are, you know, potentially pretty ill. Yeah, there's a lot to think about as a massage therapist, definitely. And we have, um, like she said earlier, we've gone beyond, you know, just helping people with sore muscles. We're so much more than that. Um, we listen, we know, we get to know these people very well. We know them intimately. We know their lives. They talk, you know, as they relax, they're letting us know what's going on. Um, and, you know, you get a lot, a couple days. more than you want to hear. You sometimes. get more than you want to hear. Exactly. And, um, and these, these people trust us fully. And I know sometimes after a couple of days of a lot of people and it, it always seems to work out that my most and intense clients all come in at the same time and uh i'll have to i spend a day on the couch eating drinking water and eating some more so yeah and then you just kind of recoup and then i and those are the days i think i can't do this anymore but after a good night's sleep and some good food i I feel better the next day it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. okay so i think what you're getting out there is a feeling that I think every massage therapist shares is that it can be a very draining profession. On to um, another topic, which will probably, you know, feed into some things. Here's some good trends. Here's some exciting. Oh, I love it. This is good stuff. Um, We were just, I mentioned before that there's a a trend um, that's been happening since really since the eighties, late eighties, early nineties, but it really didn't take off until the last five years or so. Um, The massage therapy is getting into the hospital arena in a big way. Um, You can find out very specific facts uh, from the American Massage Therapy Association's website. Click on there and then click on their fact sheet. You know, there are, besides this topic, there are a lot of things that if you look in there, you say, really? I didn't know that, I didn't know that. And if you look in there, you'll find that um, the fact sheet of our industry uh, reveal is very revealing very interesting to read and I think that therapists should be aware of this but the reasons for um, people uh, asking for a massage in hospital environments the number one reason 66% said that it's for pain management and as the baby boomers are going into the hospitals uh, there's going to be more and more demand for massage therapy it's the patients who are demanding massage therapy because they know of its benefits uh, long before they they have a, a need to stay in the hospital or utilize the hospital care, um, and more hospitals are are open to massage therapy as a part of the complementary and alternative, or what we want to try to start calling integrative movement than ever before, because they're seeing that it provides a lot of comfort for uh, patients. It uh, reduces the amount of um, pain medication that they need in a hospital, typical hospital stay to control pain. Um, 57% uh, is massage for cancer patients. So the cancer wards around the country are, are more and more open to hiring massage therapists to work there because they're seeing the statistics as well. And pregnancy massage, a big 55%. Uh, as a part of physical therapy, 53%. And for mobility, movement, training, 45%, and palliative care, which I thought was going to be higher up on the list, actually, uh, is at 41%. Um, these uh, statistics are showing that as time goes by, we're uh, more, again, more and more open to hospital work. 
and getting massage therapists in there. But I'll tell you what, if you're going to do that, you have to uh, get a background check. The hospital will put you through a day-long orientation. Um, you have to get uh, probably drug tested in some cases, so stoners need not apply. <laughs> <laughs> Those of you with your MMJ cards. Right. I don't know about that, but um, but according to um, the AMTA reports, um, more and more hospitals are utilizing massage therapy. So if that's an area that you feel uh, you'd be good at and you'd be interested in, you know, and your hosp- the hospital near your area has no massage therapy program, why don't you go in there and, you know, talk to someone in administration? Uh, but you can't just go in, like, on your own. Go in with some uh, research with the, fact, the AMTA fact sheet in your hand. Um, if you know a hospital employee, that might be uh, a way to ask who you sh- who, whom you might speak to in the hospital. But the doors are ajar. And it's up to you to open, get them opened. So there's a there's a good trend there for people to look into. So I have a question regarding you know cancer and massage. You know there was a, definitely in school, and I still kind of hear that. Oh, you can't massage people with cancer; it's going to spread the cancer. So is that less of a concern these days? They're yeah. finding that no, we're not going to spread cancer. That's a myth that's been pretty squashed at this point. Good. Uh, Gail McDonald, thank goodness for her and her book. Medicine Hands, uh, Caring for People with Cancer, she, uh, in the book, uh, cites some research that talks about how cancer spreads. Well, cancer does whatever it wants to do. Metastasis and malignancy do, you know, they do whatever they have want to do. If we could imagine this, imagine doing full body massage with someone with cancer, pushing all the cancer into the big toe, and then lopping (laughs) off the big toe, cure for cancer. Wow. You know, so it's yeah. not it's not a danger anymore. However, with that, I will say there are plenty of cautions. Yeah, you know, because this is a person perhaps in a very weakened state. Their um, platelets, uh, blood count, uh, uh, the activity of the white blood cells is so high. Uh, chemotherapy, radiation. So you can't just go in there and like gangbusters. You really need to, um, you know. And that's there again. That's if you're interested in working with that population, you go and study with Gail McDonald. You study, take a class with Tracy Walton. These are the experts in our field uh, in cancer and uh, Iris, who's hopefully Iris uh, Khalil is going to be on our show uh, talking about working with breast cancer and breast massage. And they're very good classes. And they will teach you how, you know, the uh, how to be skillful in that application and a safe provider. Uh, and I don't have a question for you. In terms of the doctors who are oncologists, how well aware are they in terms of using massage, in terms of helping the patients with in their healing process? Are they aware of the benefits of massage, the doctors, or they're, not? Yes, they're becoming aware. I mean, they at one point were just, you know, whatever. A lot of times it was the nurses that mm-hmm. asked the massage therapist to go into the room mm-hmm. and do a specific thing. But more and more doctors are coming into the fold here. Um, a support for initiating CAM programs, according to this report, 53% is administration, 23% is nursing, mm-hmm. 22% are physicians. And that number has come up quite a bit in the last five, uh, five to eight years, I would say. But particularly in the last five years as we're starting to produce some research. Now, now here's the thing. If... A lot of people say, oh, I never work in a hospital. I don't like hospitals. And, of course, it's good to know that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but hospitals these days, I don't know when you last visited a hospital, but some of them are like resorts. <laughs> you know, you go to a Boulder Community Hospital and their cancer care unit is at, 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 well done. You know, yeah. I don't know if they got designers in there or what. I'm sure they did uh, to create a nicer atmosphere. It doesn't like immediately smell like alcohol like it used to, you know, the anis- disinfectants. But I remember a supervising a student uh, in the hospital doing her internship. And we went in there um, in the morning. And this woman, the poor thing, she'd been up all night. She'd had her gallbladder removed. And she had that referral pain into that right shoulder. And she couldn't sleep all night. She was doing the morphine drip. Nothing was helping. Her husband, I remember him sitting on the couch in, with his baseball cap on, just, you know, exhausted, waiting for her to be out of pain. And uh, the student started to work with her back. She was in sideline position and just started doing circular massage, gentle massage on her back. With a, within about 10 minutes, she was asleep. Um, within about 15 minutes, she was snoring. And her husband said, well, I just got to thank you very much. I'm going to go home now and get some rest. You know, it was just, it's a miracle how much pain can be reduced by the uh, assuredness of just human touch. She didn't do anything fancy techniques. She just put her hands on the on the woman who, you know, was probably just could not relax for any reason. You know, your body gets like that. And human touch is the best medicine, period, end of story, always has been, always will be. Yeah, and the energy of intention goes a long way. Like she said, just just touching and having the intention of, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, from my experience finishing uh, the hospital a couple of times, believe me, after a few days, you could really use a massage. I mean, oh. I, I had the opportunity being a BCMT student to do my practice at the Boulder Community Hospital, and it was a real, really nice experience working with all types of conditions, from cancer to heart conditions to surgery. It was really good. And when I was on the other side, you know, and being in bed and being in such pain, I remember this student coming and then working on, on my body and it was amazing. By the way, I have a question in our chat. Thank you for sending your question. So the question is, what can we do to raise doctors' awareness of the healing powers of massage? Oh, that's a very good question. Do we have a name? It's Marcella. Oh, Marcella. Very good. Thank you for letting us know. And, uh, Research, research, research. It's the, this is the best thing that we have available to us right now. Uh, research studies in massage therapy, are, are, there are so many now that we can refer to, and so many that are, are particularly focused on the results of massage therapy use in hospital care. So if I were to go and speak to a hospital administrator or a physician, uh, about massage, I would go in with a nice portfolio with these studies in hand, you know, and even leave them there and say, at your leisure, doctor, please take a look at the amazing results we're getting with massage therapy. And uh, to me, that would be the best calling card you could leave at this time. And I do want to talk about the importance of, of these are studies, in other words, studies with more than one person. But I do want to talk about the importance of doing for each one of us doing case reports case reports are working with one individual for a number of sessions Mm -hmm. and then recording your uh findings which uh, also brings that wraps up your marketing that but that's where your marketing is you know an ad in the yellow pages is uh something that may not work for us it's word of mouth and that's where it starts right there getting 
people getting results and educating the public, educating the doctors. The doctors are a tough group of people uh, right. to to uh, convince sometimes. Yeah, and here's the thing. If you want to, say, study more about fibromyalgia, which you mentioned, okay, um, and you want to do a case report, or if you work with three or four or six individuals who have fibromyalgia, you can put a small ad in the newspaper, very discreet, just saying that uh, you're doing research in fibromyalgia. If you'd like to be mm -hmm. uh, a subject for this, you know, um, you may not want to. The thing is, you can charge. It's not unethical to charge, but a lot of people will reduce the charge um, or not charge one or two people if you're going to do a case report. And imagine how many people those people are going to talk with. You see, and your results will most likely be positive. And if you're interested in doing a case report, uh, there are so, let me see, we have here, uh, here's the thing, there's only been, in massage therapy, okay, there's only been 10, that's one zero, 10 case reports published ever. Mm. Do you know how many we need to start looking like a legitimate yeah, practice? Thousands. <laughs> thousands yeah, is right. For everything. Yeah. So, and there's, uh, if you're interested at all in doing this, there's uh, the Massage Therapy Foundation.org. Massage Therapy Foundation.org has information on their website about how to conduct research, including case reports. And in fact, they even have a contest. And this is the exciting part. We had a, a, a student uh, enter her case report. It's one of the one of the 10 that have been published. And it was an excellent, she did an excellent job. Jen Zalta, she's from Wyoming. Um, or no, Jacksonville. Uh, Jackson Hole. Where is that? Montana? That's Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming. I was right the first time. Anyway, she submitted hers and she won the case uh, report contest. Mm. They give a, con a student contest mm -hmm. and a practitioner contest. So she won $4,500. What was her subject? It was uh, patellofemoral syndrome. Wow. Uh, she won $4,500, a trip to the convention, and an opportunity. She stood there and presented her case report in front of all these highfalutin people in research from all over the world who were in attendance there So that's uh, a, what, can, and, and got published. Can you look at the website and see all those 10 case reports on this website? So yes. You can, okay. you can, uh, they have a journal. Uh, the Massage Therapy Foundation has a journal. I would invite people to really explore that website. And by the way, it's their 20th anniversary. So they're looking for donations, of course. And that's another way to give to your profession. Pay the people that are going to prove what we do and uh, works and how it works. So if you could send $20 to them for their 20th anniversary, they'd really appreciate it. Or more if you can. Um, I give them money every year because I think it's, it's important, you know, to research your own profession. But, you, you know, again... We need so many case reports. I'm working on a couple now with my frozen shoulder guys. I'm doing a case series uh, with them. How about grants? Are there any grants where we can help therapists to probably, you know, if you can help them with that, probably, I, I, my guess would be that more people would be willing to jump into doing oh, yeah. case there's studies. There's money. There's money available. It's, it, it, in fact, there's so much money available that it, it boggles the mind. But, you know, you have to ask for it. You have to ask for it in a certain way. Now, the MassageTherapyFoundation.org website will um, has grant all kinds of grants. 
they have a community grant, which is $5,000, which is enough to get started mm -hmm. yeah. with a case series or say you're working with a group of people. There was a great study done with the, working with a group of people who were homeless, in fact, and, and they received uh, $5,000 to to do their pilot study, and then I think a second five, that you can ask for it again if they like the way your first one went, and you can ask for up to $40,000 to do research to the Boulder College of Massage Therapy. We received um, two or three grants over the years to do our research studies from um, the M Massage Therapy Foundation. So the money is there, and, and all you have to do is ask for it. You know, and there's a lot of ailments, too. I can tell you, I have a friend who goes to a fibromyalgia clinic, and they do all types of things, infusions, vitamins, whatever, but she was told not to get massage therapy. Oh, dear. Or exercise too hard or certain things. And so right there okay. is a whole world to open with this with what you're talking about so mm -hmm. not just fibromyalgia I'm, i just happen to be fascinated with it um everything everything yeah i know clint did something with uh tension headaches he had right. a whole we report did. and i took that class which was awesome mm -hmm. and um and it does it it really brings the the meat behind what we're doing and makes us and will create a situation where we're taken more seriously that is really great news. Yes, I love it. it. Yeah, and you know the uh, Clint Chandler, who you just mentioned, uh, he'll be here in a couple of weeks. Oh, yay. Talking <laughs> with us about his new app. Um, yeah, he and Christopher Quinn and Albert Maraska, um, and then a bunch of us therapists. We did that headache study. It was really a lot of uh, fun. It's not the the. There are some parts of research that are dry, but, you know, not the massage therapists are not the ones involved with that usually. It's the statisticians and the data entry people that do all of that. We got involved with practicing and rehearsing the protocol so that we all eight therapists did about pretty much the same protocol, which makes your research more um, uh, substantial and uh, more repeatable. So we didn't do techniques that were so way out that the average practitioner wouldn't be uh, doing them. There's a lot to it. But, you know, if you start with a small thing, uh, perhaps a case report as an individual and submit that, and whether you win a prize or not, you're going to be submitting something that's for valuable and significant to the entire profession. Are there any hospitals that you are aware of that are running these uh, case studies, uh, Elaine? Oh, you mean uh, doing pilot? Hos hospitals. Uh, yeah, hospitals would be doing research i believe that anschutz out there in aurora is, is starting to do the first um that i certainly know that they want to because i'm in, in touch with dr lisa corbin all the time i go out there and talk to fourth year and first year medical students and introduce them to massage therapy which is another reason why i know that doctors are going to become more and more open to massage therapy so there there's a hint of uh, research happening there they really want to get something going i know that craig the fantastic, wonderful Craig Hospital that does probably the best rehabilitation for spinal cord injury that there is in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there are some other good places, but I'm most familiar with Craig and their graduates, and they've done some research there, uh, but very little. We really have to do a lot more. Mm -hmm. and so there's a, a daily uh, trend towards that happening. There's certainly a movement uh, happening. So it's a really exciting time to be in massage therapy, for me, 
um, because I'm very excited about um, doing this research and proving what we do finally after, you know, 30 years of, you know, talking with people and trying to explain the benefits of massage. We don't even know how to explain the benefits of massage or truly what is the mechanism for many of the physiological effects. And they're coming up with some really good ways to test that too. Time will reveal that. Excellent. That is, that I am inspired. This is excellent. We are definitely responsible for getting the, the word out there and um, doing every can. And I, I know sometimes too, you know, you have the commercials, you know, massage therapy, or even when I tell people, oh, I'm a massage therapist. Oh, isn't that nice? You know, and they, I'm like, no, my, you, you have no idea how important this is. And I get all flabbergasted and yeah, get the lingo down, know your anatomy and physiology well, so you can speak intelligently to the doctors and explain to them exactly the process of what happens. And um, it's up to us for sure. It's uh it's just not the, it's not the float around and life is good and <laughs> yeah. here we go. A lot of people have been doing a lot of work over the years mm-hmm. and it's almost as if they've been in the background. And it wasn't until I attended the, the big research conference in Seattle this year in May uh, where there were 300 people in attendance. Now we had one before in Albuquerque uh, 2005, I believe it was, and there were 150 attendees, so it doubled in the second convention, uh, the conference, and we had people from like 18 different countries, and one expert researcher, PhD, big shot after another was getting up there and talking about uh, their research and how they're showing the movement of fascia on these fancy mm-hmm. machines, and uh, one woman talking about uh, massaging mice. You know, can you imagine the little mice sitting there in the chaise lounge waiting for their, you know, with a towel around their head? Yes, I'm waiting for my appointment. <laughs> I'm getting my massage today. And, like, you know, picture this, 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 our profession. I mean, one of the problems is that, you you know, to make a legitimate stand in the scientific world, you have to do research. Fact of life, okay? And you have to do some research on animals as well. Now, they've been doing research on animals and massage. So I read studies from the 1800s, you know, where they were tapping on the heart of a frog to see the benefits of topotment, and they were bringing these dead frogs back to life using topotment. Mm-hmm. That's how they worked, you know, that's how they developed heart massage to revitalize a person, to bring them back to life. I started one of my... Um, I wrote a, a chapter for um, Dr. Michael Weintraub has produced a couple of books for physicians in complementary and alternative health care, and I wrote the massage chapter for two of his books. And in the one uh, for cardiac care, uh, cardiac illnesses, I started with that very fact that, hey, if massage can be utilized to bring somebody back to life, bear with me while I tell you about some of the other, other benefits, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but again, in explaining exactly physiologically what's happened, we need current modern research. It doesn't matter that a few guys got together in, in, the, in the 1880s and injected dye into a dog's leg and showed how massage increases that circulation. It doesn't matter anymore. We have to do current modern research with new modern, very expensive tools. And that's just the way it is. But it is happening, and that's the good news. Now, would you, uh, Elaine, would help us to summarize, to give some advice to the people who 
are listening to this podcast in terms of what recommendations can we give them today for the struggles and overcoming those struggles? Sure. I, you know, you have to be happy and in love, you know, and, and we've been talking all morning, all this last hour. And I mean, in love with what you do in love with humanity. And if you, if you're not, you find yourself getting, feeling burned out and not caring. Well, it's because you need more rest. You need to eat better. You need to get massage and body work yourself. You need to save money aside. Talk about finances. Put money aside in your self-care uh, fund so that you can afford to go out and do that spa day. And, you know, you're your own boss. You can take your a day off. Um, what was the other thing that I was thinking about? It's all about stress. We've been talking about stress. And uh, at one of our future shows, we will talk about stress and its effect on... Uh, you know, positive stress versus negative stress mm -hmm. and how that really is at the root of all evil when it comes to the human condition. Everything comes out of stress. Now, there are a few very good studies that are talking about how massage is good for stress reduction. Well, yeah, but you need to explain exactly the physiological mm -hmm. mechanism that makes that work, the, the chemistry behind that. So we'll talk about that in a future show. That's something to walk into the doctor's office with or anybody who's going that you want to get a job with. You know, it's all about stress. Yeah. And they are uh, now really starting to become aware of the fact that stress can and does lead to serious illness, especially if somebody is in a constant state of stress. The body cannot handle that influx Every uh, illness, yeah, it's and at the base of everything. Autoimmune. They're thinking autoimmune. The with the stress, the body be, doesn't get a chance to recover, and so it starts to attack itself. And it's very important that we get out there and help people de-stress, mm -hmm. including ourselves. How about you? Do you have any any suggestions for recommendations, Don, for the audience? Oh, as far as kind of our summing up, um, I think Elaine said it said it all uh we could i think talk more and more and more and more and more about this definitely um uh, maybe we should throw in like part two of this at some point after a few of our guests because i, I right. it's endless what we're, we can talk we're about be talking about stress and all of these shows because it is at the again the basis of both illness and healing yeah because it's the positive stress that massage provides that brings you back into a state of uh, wellness yeah no. There's going to be. We're going to leave some more information about how to do research. Um, massage, the Massage Net is another very good website to, uh, for practitioners to get on. MassageNet.org. So we'll leave those on our our website for information for y'all. Please do some research. It's really a lot of fun. And uh, I don't know if we'd like to go to the tip of the day. I have one tip for our therapists who are listening. Uh, one of the major things that we face as, as uh, having our own practice is payments. You know, usually we take checks or cash. And credit cards is, is something big for a lot of people, especially when we're talking about over $100. You know, if you're selling a package, people would prefer to pay that on a credit card. I've, I have used merchant accounts in the past, and unfortunately, you have to justify a high volume of selling uh, uh, items for, in order to have th those accounts because of the fees and the monthly payments. And uh, so finally, uh, this year, uh, with this new thing with the smartphones, I, I found a great solution, which is Squarp. 
you need a smartphone, either an iPhone or anything with the Android platform. Could be any any provider that you use. So I'm going to include the link on our on, on this podcast. URL is squareup.com. So you would you would sign up for this application. It doesn't cost you anything. You just sign up, and obviously because these guys have been having such a great success, they have a huge demand on the device. So they will send you this little square thing. This is why they call it square that you hook up on your phone. And once that you get, you can activate it and obviously link to your checking account. So the fees they charge you are really competitive. But the, the best thing that I like from this application is that they do not charge you monthly fees. Oh, so right. if I have a couple of weeks where all I'm taking is checks and, and cash, fine. And then if I have a couple of payments the following week, normally it would take you around one to three business day so they can deposit the, the amount on your account. So I really recommend this. I believe it comes really handy for those of us who have our private practice and we're not willing to give all our money to these credit card credit cards companies who right. charge outrageous charges for using a credit card or a debit card. So That's check right. that out. Uh, just the you know the, the only thing is you need a smartphone, either Android platform or an iPhone, and I really recommend that. Well, everybody's going to have one in order to survive in this world very soon. Okay. You you know, for credit cards too, if you have a, your own little website, you can also, I think PayPal pays per transaction. That way people can just buy stuff off your website. There's a beautiful little button that says buy now. Mm -hmm. So the credit cards is definitely, if you're on your own, you have to find a way to accept credit cards. I Pay agree. Good. And PayPal is it's a great tool. Unfortunately, sometimes people are kind of scared to doing things right. online sometimes. Yeah, right. So they prefer to do the live thing, giving you the card. And the good thing about this application is that it's paperless. So pretty much you just, uh, they give yeah. you our, an email address and they will get their receipt on their emails. It's a really cool application. Very I really good. recommend it. Good, good tip. I love it. Very so would good. you like to wrap things up? Or? Yes. Um, for those of you who have joined us today, thank you very much. For those of you who will be listening later, and I hope you enjoy the show or enjoyed the show. Um, we had a lot of talk, a lot of talk, a lot to talk about today. Uh, what's happening next week? We have a guest next week. Uh, not yet. We still have to confirm those those guests. We're, you know, we have a lot of people lined up, so we're just trying to make it work for okay. their schedules. All, all right. busy people. Great. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you next week with um, some more information about massage. I'm sure that we'll have a lot to talk about. We had a lot of information today, and I know it's overwhelming. Massage therapy is a great business. I know I absolutely love what I do, despite the challenges. And, uh, you know, when in doubt, things are a little crazy for you, just do a little simple exercise. Take a deep breath and try to stay in the moment as much as possible. Um, have a great day, and uh, we look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks, Thank everyone. you.